what we're talking about today is community habits, those community habits that are keeping us broke. As we're going to be talking about those things today, and one to first of all, some people are going to get angry at everything that I'm talking about today. But if you get mad at any of those things, I just want to ask you a question. Why? Ask yourself why you're getting angry if you do get angry at any of the things that we talk about today, okay? Next week on the show, we will be talking about student loans. Our guest that's going to be on the show next week, she has paid over $150,000 off in student loans. I'm very excited for that episode because she's going to be showing us one of those things that people have said, you can't pay off your student loans. So just, just, it's part of you. You can never pay it off. She paid off. She will be here on the next episode and she will be talking to us about how she did it and how you too can do it. I know there are lots of people. I spoke to somebody a few days ago and she told me she has like a mortgage in student loans, meaning she has like 200 and over $200,000 in student loans and she doesn't even have an income yet. But one other thing that I've heard people say about this, this aspect of student loans is somebody told me their debt is so much that they're just depending on student loan forgiveness and that she wouldn't even bother about paying off the student loans because she cannot pay off the student loans. And in order to qualify for forgiveness, in order to qualify for this ongoing forgiveness, she has to make below a certain amount of income. She has to work at a particular kind of job, at a particular kind of location. And while I'm thinking about all of that and I'm saying, well, it's a good thing you're going to get your loans forgiven. I'm also thinking on the other side, how much do you have to limit yourself in order for your loan to be forgiven? You have the ability to make a lot more income but you're keeping your income below a certain amount because you want to qualify for student loan forgiveness. You have the ability to, to work in any place you want to work at, but you're limiting that to a certain geographical location because you want to qualify for forgiveness of student loans. And that's not for one year. It's not like you're going to do that thing for one year and then the whole loan is forgiven. You have to do it for 10 years. So think about it this way. While you're sitting there and thinking about my loans are going to be forgiven, I am thinking about how much more money you could have been making if you weren't strapped, if you weren't restricted by this thing you're trying to qualify for. So it's really one of those other community habits. I'm fortunate enough I didn't have that much student loans. And I know lots of people who have mortgage equivalents of student loans. And I'm hoping if you have that amount of loans, the thing you studied in school is able to, is giving you an income that is comparable to that loan that you acquired. So I hope you didn't go to school to get $100,000 in student loans to study English, for example. Nothing against English, but how much do they pay people who teach English, right? That's my question. I hope you didn't go to school to get $300,000 in student loans. I'm hoping if you have 200 plus, or 100 plus thousand dollars in student loans, you started something that will at least give you an income that reaches that level so that you give yourself a one year, a two year, a three year time frame to pay it off. Community habits, you would hardly hear people saying, I plan on paying my student loans, or you'll hardly hear people saying, I plan on paying my credit card off, or you'll hardly hear people saying, I plan on buying my car for cash. You'll hardly hear people saying that. 
but you will hear a lot of people saying, I need to find a way to, or I need to find a way to increase my credit limit, or I need you to please come and co-sign this car loan for me because the bank said I couldn't qualify for it and I need a co-signer. If you co-sign, you're enabling. The only person you should be co-signing with is your spouse, which again is not even co-signing because then you're one. And that's only for things like mortgages, because if it's a car, you should pay for it. If it's a, uh, we just feel like there's no other way because we've not been taught any other way. But when we start to, when we start to think about things differently, when we start to see things differently, or when we start to expose ourselves to other ways of doing things, then we start to see more possibilities. We start to see more possibilities. We start to find better ways of doing things. There's this thing I always say, if you're looking at something and all you see, or you're telling yourself you can't do it, all you're going to see are obstacles. But if you tell yourself you can't do it, then you start to open up your mind to how can I do this? You start to open your mind to possibilities. As a community, I think we've heard too much of you can't, you can't, you can't. I think we've heard too much of that. You can never pay off your credit card. You can never pay off your student loans. You can never do this. You can never do that. I think we've heard too much of you can't. That right now our brains are on the can't level. Start telling yourself you can. Start telling yourself you can. Start telling your children you can. Start telling your spouse you can. Start telling people you can. Not that no, I'm going to co-sign for you, but that you can get a car without debt. Or you can live in Canada without being in debt, that kind of thing. You can, you can start telling people things like that and start telling yourself things like that and then open yourself up to the possibilities of making that happen. I'm going to go to comments here. People need to take their lives into their hands and not depend on charity when they're and not there. Their family will suffer from bad decisions. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I was once asked to co-sign on a brand new car that I wouldn't even buy for myself. Uh-huh. And you know the smallest people who come when they come to ask you to co-sign, they really have guts. They're like, they probably see you driving an old, an old car and they come to you and like, oh Ida, can you please co-sign for me? No, hell no. I can't. I can't. Because if I'm co-signing, I'm telling you that, or I'm telling the bank, the person who was giving the loan, I'm telling them that if you don't pay for your loan. I've signed, I've put my signature on a piece of paper and I say, I'm going to pay. That's what co-signing is. You wouldn't buy that kind of car for yourself, yet somebody is coming to ask you to go and co-sign for them. You know, you make a great point about what people study in school. What you study in school matters. So one community habit we can start is having these educational workshops with our young ones to better prepare them for the future. That is true. That is true. And also, I think as parents or as growing up, growing up, there was there's some of those professions that are kind of the prestige profession where they kind of expect everybody to go to do those ones. Lawyer, accountant, engineer, um, doctor, nurse, the kind, those are the kind of things that they like, you have to do this. And your, your, your family has kind of put it in your mind, like this is all you have to do. I think us being here now and us being exposed to so many other trades and so many other professions and so many other things, I think we as parents, we have to 
in addition to having these educational workshops to, to educate people on what on what they can do, I think we as parents need to accept the fact that not everybody wants to be one of those things that I just named. We all live in houses. It's a builder who made this house. We all have electricity. When we switch on the light, the light comes on. It's a person who started electrical, whatever, I don't even know the name, who's making that possible. So there are lots and lots of professions, there are lots and lots of things that some of those things don't even need um, a university degree, but they do need the trade training itself. So community-wise, I think everybody is conditioned to being a doctor or being a pharmacist or being a nurse practitioner or being a, one of those things, which are really, really good because, of course, we wouldn't, we wouldn't survive without our doctors and all of that, right? So I'm not bashing on any doctor. I'm not bashing on any of that. But what I'm saying is there are so many other things that our kids could be good at. There are so many other things that we, we can do which are not limited to this little, this few professions that are like the in professions that we've always seen. So thank you so much for that, Noella. I think it's a really good thing that we should actually start this workshops to talk about, to educate our people, to inform our young ones. Gang says, we need to start having these conversations. If someone needs a co-signer, that's a sign that they can't afford. Mm -hmm. The lines between needs and wants are blurred to many people. Generational world would only grow if we stop normalizing being in debt. You can say that again. I've been saying that for like forever. Here's a comment from Noella. Wang Sinuela, great point. Our parents used to create used to choose for us. We were basically told what your major would be in school. We must do better. Absolutely it depends on us. It depends on us. I am happy that my parents made me study accounting. I was always good in math at school, from high school. I was always good in math. And when I was going into university, I was telling myself, I want to go study math. And I said, but if you go study math, I was in University of Boya. If you go study math, what are you going to do? Are you going to go to be a math teacher? And heck no, I did not want to be a math teacher. Out of Cameroon, of course, there are so many other options. Of With your math degree, you can definitely do actuarial sciences. You can go into so many other things. But because of what I love doing, my parents had sat down with me and they said, you know what, my, my parents and my other sisters and brothers said, this is what we think you should do. And I followed that. I didn't want to do accounting, but I'm happy that they helped me go in that direction. I think in, in that case, it really, really worked out. But there's sometimes that because some kids have already been labeled, you've labeled your kid to say, this kid is not good at school, you have to go do this. Or this kid is good at school, you have to go be a doctor. Maybe that kid doesn't even want to be a doctor. And that's the reason why you would see some people go into university, even here in America, here in Canada, you would see people go to university, they would start their education and the first year and they've taken out the student loans or whatever, they've paid school fees for the whole of that first year. And then they refresh the choosing a new major the second year because they didn't even like what they did before. And it then comes like they're rebelling and all one of it. It's just that we never ever took the time to really listen to them, to really understand what it is that they wanted and to really help guide them to see, if you do this subject, this is how much it's gonna cost you. This is, what, this is how much income you could probably make and things like that. When you put the whole picture out and you help your kid make that decision. It's their decision to make. Yes, you are the parent to them, but by the time that a kid graduate from, graduates from school, they will be an adult and they will be the ones living their lives with those choices that you force them to make. So I think as parents, we need to 
educate more than inform. And we need to listen to our kids. As a community, as a society, we really don't do that a lot. That's the African community I'm talking about. We really don't do a lot of that. And we've conditioned ourselves to think that our kids have to do medicine, law, accounting, or one of those things. So the traits are an option. Most of the traits don't need a university, a university degree. And yes, it's okay to not go to university. Not everybody has to go to university. But everybody has to be successful because you were born to win. You were born to create. Whatever you're creating depends on what your God-given talents are. So let's really have those conversations. Thank you so much for all the comments. Thank you for so much, so much insight that you guys have put in here. I'm, I'm really loving it. And I would love to see more and more and more comments. And I would go back to talking about debt. I cannot emphasize this enough. I cannot emphasize debt enough. You can build a credit score without staying in debt. My guest who was on the show, on the episode we're talking about buying a house, she bought her house without being in debt. Yes, she was using a credit card, but no, she was not in debt, meaning that she used a credit card as a debit card, meaning she would swipe and she would pay off right away, or she would swipe and she would pay off within the week. It wasn't, it wasn't one of those things that, like community has said, you can't build a credit score without being in debt. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Without staying in debt, you're using debt to build it, but you, you don't have to stay in it in order to have that credit score. It's one of those things. And people are always out there trying to chase the credit score, trying to increase every single time the bank calls you. Hey, that's this thing. The bank calls you and they're like, when you, when you come as an immigrant, right? When you come as an immigrant, um, if you're fortunate enough, they will give you a credit card without, um, without it being a secured credit card, meaning you wouldn't have to put down some money. If you're one of those very fortunate few, I know I had to put down money to get my first credit card. Um, but I didn't need to increase my credit limit at all, but I did, I kept increasing it because, Hey, the bank called me one day and they said, well, they, they sent this one of these things that they put within your, your online profile and the same, you're eligible for a credit increase. Do you want to accept it? I didn't even know what that was. I didn't even understand any of it. So I think the people that were around me at the time, and I asked them, I said, the bank is saying this and this, should I do it? Yes, do it. That was the answer. Yes, do it. Take the money. You don't. You never know when you need it. So in my mind, I'm conditioned. This is the way it works. The bank is going to call you to increase your credit limit. Always say yes. That was a habit I picked up from the people around me. Again, I came from Africa. I came from Cameroon without knowing any of this about credit. Like most of you, didn't know any of this about credit. I increased my credit, increased my credit, increased my credit. And that's what we're doing. And people tell you it's going to help you raise your credit score. It's going to be like your emergency fund. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to, which is all lies. It's all misinformation. It's all miseducation. We need to take our education into our own hands. Go to the source, ask questions, and ask questions from the right people. There's information that the bank has that they're not going to just offer up to you until you ask. They're not lying to you, but they're just not telling you, right? Ask questions. And sometimes when, when somebody gives you information and it doesn't sit well with you, put it aside, go ask another person. Make your own decisions, find your own information, do your own research. Whatever question you have in your mind, whatever question you're trying to respond to, the answer is somewhere in the book. It's somewhere 
but we don't have that habit as a community of reading. We don't. That's one of those other things that we need to encourage. We need to read, not just fiction. And we need to not just, don't, don't sit and watch TV. There's nothing you're learning from TV. You need to read books. You need to read educational books. If there's something that's of interest to you, pick up a book about that thing, read about it. You will learn something you've never known before. Or if it's something you might have known before, it would reinforce whatever it is that you were thinking, which is going to clarify for you. Find the people who are doing what you want to do. Go talk to them. One of those community habits that I've seen happening a lot is, is this thing of envy or jealousy or competition in the negative way, meaning you see somebody doing something and instead of encouraging that person, you're like, you're, you're rooting for them to fail. Instead of rooting for them to, to succeed, you're rooting for them to fail. Well, you don't know that that person's success is going to bring up the community as a whole. Because now the kids are going to have somebody to look up to. If they can do it, I can probably do it. Go talk to them. You see somebody who's in real estate and they're doing well and you want to be, you want to do real estate, you want to sell real estate. Go talk to them. How are you doing it? Do you think it's something I could do? We need to start having those conversations. We need to break this habit of envy, this habit of habits of jealousy, this habit of trying to pull everybody down. And we need to find ways to raise people up, raise ourselves up. It starts from within. It starts from doing that self-examination. And it all comes back to money. It's all related to money. If you're in debt, if you're struggling to make ends meet, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, guess what you don't have? Peace of mind. You don't have the peace of mind to think, to reflect, to ask yourself, where do I want to go? What do I want to be doing five years, 10 years, 20 years from now? And what are the things I can be doing today? What's the one thing I should be doing this very minute to make sure that my five-year goal is met so that my 10-year goal is met so that my someday goal is met. Who are the people I can talk to right now to help me get started in this direction that I'm trying to go to? What can I do? There's this lady who's been saying you can get out of debt. Yes, truly. There's this lady who's been saying you can get out of debt. Let me go talk to her and ask her how I can do this. There's no shame in it. There's no shame in it. Everybody has made a mistake, one mistake or another. I bought brand new cars. I've laughed at myself, but I've learned from my mistake and I've moved on. And now it's a thing of the past. And now I can open my mouth and tell people, don't buy a brand new car. Don't buy a brand new car. I can actually open my mouth and tell people that. So let's take our lives into our hands. Let's take our futures into our hands. Don't wait and depend on the government taking care of you. When COVID happened, when COVID happened, I put a post on Facebook. I said, in times like this, I am very grateful that I listened to, I think the name I put was Dave Ramsey. I said, in times like this, I'm very happy that I listened to Dave Ramsey. Why was that? Because several months before this COVID thing started, personally, I had, we had said, my husband and I would said, we need to do something different and would started changing the way we were handling our finances. And so when COVID happened, when everybody was panicking and struggling to do this and thinking, how am I going to survive? I was not. Yes, I was worried about the, the disease part of the whole thing because that was unknown. But financial stress was not one of the things for me. Not because I had a lot of money, but because I knew exactly how much money I needed to see me through. And I knew what I could do to make sure that 
we were okay because we had already examined our finances, we had already cut back on a lot of things. We were okay. And yes, I had to stay home for like two, three months because all daycares and schools were closed. So the kids had to stay home. So I had to stay home because my husband is a nurse. Those are things that, those are decisions that we made as a family. And those are things that it was easy for us to, to do. Those are decisions that were easy for us to take. Why? Because as a family unit, we had set down those foundations that made it possible for us to make those decisions at that time. So what am I saying? And what am I, why am I saying all of this? Take your life into your hands. Take, your, take matters into your hands. Don't sit and wait for COVID to be finished before you start doing better. Don't sit and wait for the government to give you this handout before you start paying debt. Don't sit and wait for your raise or for your company to start treating you better before you start doing certain things. Don't sit and wait for that. Get up. Start doing something today. You maybe maybe you can't change the whole community as a whole at once, but you can change what you do because you're the only person you can control. You could change what you do. Do you have life insurance? Go get it. If you don't, are you registered for SAGI? Are you registered for RPN? And again, I'm no, I have no affiliation to any of those things. I'm just telling you what it is that's out there. If you don't have life insurance and you have people who are depending on you financially, go get life insurance. If you know you want to be buried in Cameroon when you die, not if you die, when you die, if you know you want to be buried in Cameroon, make arrangements for that. Go register for RPN. They would give money to your surviving whoever is around to make sure that your remains get sent back home. If you want to get out of debt and you have no idea how to do that, come talk to me. That's what I do. That's the coaching I offer. I'm so happy that there's so many people here today. I'm just going to go back and take whatever other comments have come in before we wrap up. I agree. Kids leave high school and go to vocational training and excel in their fields. Absolutely. That's true. I've known kids who were struggling in general education. Back when we were in Lourdes, there were kids who were struggling in general education and they took those kids out and put them in technical school and they were excelling. I'm so happy that their parents took that child out of Lourdes because they were struggling in general education and the kid was kind of labeled as as a doll kid but the kid wasn't a doll kid she was just in the wrong field in the wrong educational system she was better at technical or hands-on doing things a comment here can't overstate the importance of asking questions in north america you have to ask the right questions to get the right information nobody volunteers information you have to ask Challenge the information you receive and ask more questions until it makes sense to you. Yes, yes, and yes. I'm gonna wrap up this segment by telling you, reminding you again, you were born to win. You were born to create. Get intentional with your money. Get intentional with your finances. Change you. And then the people around you are going to get inspired by your change and they are going to pick up and do their changes that they need. And little by little, we're going to change the community. But it all starts with you. You were born to win. You were born to create. Go do that. This podcast is recorded with a live audience on YouTube and Facebook. And we do take questions during the show. But if you're listening right now and you would like to send a question to the podcast, check the show notes for a link to send a voice message. Please note, 
your question might be featured on a future episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you.